right, people. It's another week, and this one's going to be funny as hell. I can tell you that now. Informative, but funny as hell. This is the Live Life Progressive Podcast. Sincere Hogan. My man, Mike Mahler. So prepare yourselves, folks. Okay. What's up, Mike? First of all, you there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what's, what's up is let's get some good pitches out there before we get to our guests. Yeah, let's get to the serious stuff. Yeah. We don't know if anyone's <laughs> even going to want to listen to this guest, but if, before, before, before people it's sound off. What worries me that you say at the outset, this is going to be funny as hell. Seriously. Let's, let's, get, our, let's get our product pitches out. People are probably yeah, going to yeah, get that over and done. <laughs> All right, before we get to we got we have a great guest today, awesome guy. I've worked with him before. But uh, before we get to that, make sure you support our show by using co- coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, my best-selling testosterone booster, my recovery oil, my Restorezyme product for addressing those aches and pains, and then t-shirts, videos, ebooks, you name it. You can use that coupon code LLA to get 10% off anything. How about with you, man? Same thing, man. Go over to newwarriortraining.com, type in the coupon code LLA at checkout. You can use that. Get 10% off of my bodyweight training DVD, the physical and digital copy. And we just had one of our fans, one of our listeners, hit us up on Facebook on our page and was listening to, I believe, the show with, with um, Steve Maxwell. And we're talking about crawling. So he was asking, like, hey, man, you know, lots of good stuff about crawling. What's a good way to start off? Any good material out there? Well, bam, homeboy, got it for you right here. Pick up my DVD or download my DVD. Lots you of need, great crawling. You need a video on crawling? Come on, dude. Get off the floor and start crawling, man. <laughs> it's material. Baby, you need to watch a video or learn how to crawl? Come on. <laughs> but in the meantime, you want to see how to program it into your training program, then, yeah, my DVD is right up there, right up your alley. So, yeah, use that coupon code LLA. Get 10% off of that. Also, my Weight Management 101 class, also on the Costa Rican Coffee Drip Stands for all you coffee lovers out there. Great cup of coffee. You'll love it. So use that same coupon code, LLA. 10% off all that good stuff. The drip stand is awesome, man. I made a, I made a cup of coffee with it this morning, and I mixed in a teaspoon of coconut butter, not a tablespoon or, or a stick, a teaspoon. <laughs> and then I put in ha- a, a tablespoon of chocolate rice protein. Oh. Put that in the blender, a little bit of stevia. Delicious, man. I, I actually wake up looking forward to having that. It's oh, so man, good. That's awesome. <laughs> In the drip stand, it makes such a pure cup of coffee. It tastes great. You know, what's funny is it, t- it took me a minute to get used to making coffee that way because I'm so used to using a coffee maker, right? Yeah. You just look it up and forget about it. Yeah. That even when you sent me the drip stand, you know, I, I used it the first day I got it. And then I kind of forgot about it for a day or two. And, mm-hmm. then I, and, then, and then I was like, you know, this, this – because the first time I used it, the coffee tasted so great. I got used to that. And then all of a sudden, the next day or two, it didn't, it didn't taste quite as good. And I don't know how to describe the difference. It's kind of hard to describe. I don't know right. if you can but once, but after two days of using the regular coffee maker, like most, something was missing. Went right back to the drip stand. Bam, there it is. And then I started making that concoction. I'm telling you, folks, get the drip stand and make that concoction. It's a great way what, to start what, your what day. What kind of coffee do you use, Mike? I use I use I use Life Extensions brand because they use a process called Healthy Roast, which ensures that you don't have any gut issues or anything like that. So coffee I've often used in the past has caused mm-hmm. gut issues and so forth. And Sincere often has brought up that that's just a quality issue. You you get any yeah. high quality coffee shouldn't have that problem. But anyway, the Life Extension brand I have found works really well for me. How about you, Sincere? What what are you using? Oh, man, I have a variety, you know, especially when I came back from Costa Rica. So I brought back lots of coffee from Costa Rica, first of all, because I just love 
the, the tasting notes on Costa Rican coffee is just so much different. But if I had to pick another country, Kenya 2A, man, that is like my second go-to. And then Ethiopian brand coffee. Yeah. Any Ethiopian roasted coffee, Kenyan man. Coffee. Awesome, oh, man. man. So freaking awesome. awesome. My wife just brought something back incredible. from Kenya. Yeah. She brought, yeah. So, I mean, it was like freshly roasted, I mean, straight from the mountains or whatever. So, yeah, yeah man. Delicious. But I think the difference that you saw compared to just an electric drip coffee maker, you saw what was missing was, the fact, first of all, it's just going through that mesh, that mesh filter, first of all. Right. And, that, and really, it comes down to that sock we talk about, that condom sock <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's on the coffee drip stand. You know, it makes a big difference as far as like, you know, really filtering out all the acidity, man, and just really letting the full flavor mm-hmm. of the coffee go. And doing it the way that I told you by actually like, you know, soaking the grounds for about a minute. I mean, excuse me, about, for about two, um, 30 seconds there and right. letting all the gases release from the coffee first. And then going on and proceeding and pouring, you know, pouring the rest of the water in. That yeah. really helps, man. So that I use a little bit of that Chemex slash just regular Merlita pour over method, even when I use the coffee drip stand the same way by letting those gases release so the flavor can just really you know, just really bloom. And that's what ends up happening. The grinds end up blooming first before you start pouring it. Even unlike a lot of the Costa Ricans, they just pour the water on and get going. But I'm like, nah, man, there's still a better way. And that's one of the things I put into the notes when somebody orders the coffee drip stand just to show you how to make an even better cup of coffee out of that and get the best experience. So, yeah, have that's you, what it really comes tried, down to. Have you tried Vietnamese coffee? Yeah, I mean, I have Vietnamese coffee. But the one thing about Vietnamese coffee, most of that, man, is like, you know, Robusta coffee. You know, it's a little bit, it's a little hard. You know, it, it, you, have to, you have to, it's you one, know, one I minute, mean. Sam. Sorry, ahead. carry on. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, it's funny because Jonathan was talking about this. Jonathan Lewis was talking about this recently, um, making coffee with, with raw egg in it, whipped egg in it. So coffee, egg, and I think cream. I'm serious. He's, yeah, he's, I've heard someone else was telling me. Yeah. My friend Chef Smith was telling me about that too. And then his, his response is what mine would be. He's like, here's an idea. Why don't you just make the eggs and eat that while you have a cup of coffee? <laughs> yeah, exactly. you, don't have, you don't have to blend everything together, man. Everyone, Everyone's getting out of control with their coffee now. Yeah, right? like, what, what, can we, what can we add yes. to coffee? Yeah, the <laughs> the and, here's the thing, and here's the thing, Rannick. The best thing about coffee, the best coffee is coffee that you can drink alone. You don't have to add a damn thing to it. When you have to start adding things to it, then my thing is you, you're really not appreciating coffee. And, you know, yeah, I, I mean, and I, I tell people, when I, people I, say I like they all these lattes that. and cappuccinos and frappuccinos yeah. and anything that ends in Eno, I'm like, look, dude, the best way to know, the best way that I can figure out if this is good coffee or not is when I don't drink a damn thing. I don't add anything to it. It just needs to be coffee. And yeah, I don't I mean, need to mask it. I don't want to mask it. which is just 100 percent. Um, Arabica beans. Yeah, as far as commercial price. brands and getting, you know, the kind that you buy off the shelf stores or whatever, then, you know, I, w- I would suggest that. I mean, they're, they have a pretty, them and, um, and Illy, you know, they're pretty good as far as coming off the shelf. But, you know, my thing is, there's nothing like getting your beans so, freshly so, roasted so and neither, grinding so yourself. You guys, so neither of you guys are doing the, the coffee enema then? No, Look, that's first your specialty. Of all, uh, first, you, and, you, and, you and Jerry like to play around with enemas. I'm well aware of that. Uh, uh, and and uh, I've, I've heard, actually, you guys use the coffee enema after other activities. Well, let me tell you this. On this show, as far as the host is concerned, these asses say exit only. <laughs> but we haven't even gotten to the name of our guest. This guy's well, our, our listeners have heard this guy with this Scottish accent talking for like five minutes now. Who is this guy? Who keeps interrupting sincere. I thought Mike was bad. This guy talks right over him the whole time. You know? No, we have we have our we have our good friend Rannick Donald on the show. He's actually the author of a book called Haggis Kilts and My Life as a Secret Metrosexual in Scotland. You know? It's a bestseller on Amazon UK and actually Amazon America as well. He's also also, uh, that's a joke, by the way, folks. Don't go looking that up. 
He's, but what you can look I'm, up I'm, is, I'm, is I'm simple. Oh, there he goes again. Right <laughs> I'm going to go and write it right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's the, he has, his website is simplestrength.com. Simplestrength.com, Randick. How did you come up with that name? Were you, were you just looking for something simple? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that, that's, that's the truth of that. You know, you know what it's like when you're going through and you're looking for URLs and you come up with names? And uh, ideally, I wanted something that um, focused on simplicity. And to be honest with you, I thought Simple Strength wouldn't be available. And, you know, I Googled it, put it in. It was available as a URL, and that was it. That was it. But in essence, you know, it is the kind of focus of, of what I try and do, which is just to keep stripping things back and keep it simple. Right. Um, so really that, yeah, yeah, it was available. So I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The reason why it was available is for the fact nobody wants simple stuff. Yeah, exactly. Come on. There's nothing cute. There's nothing sexy about that. That's like, oh, that's boring. It was because aggressive strength was gone, you see? <laughs> see? Sometimes, that's one worth taking. Now, uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes the road less taken, there's a reason why it's less taken. You know? <laughs> but do you ever do that thing where you come up with a name and you think, that's a really good name. You Google it, it's available, and then you just buy the URL just in case. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was surprised aggressive strength was available, honestly, when I came up with it in, in 2002, because I thought it was a really catchy name for a business. And it was no one had utilized any of it. So, I mean, yeah. sometimes, yeah, sometimes people just miss the mark on stuff. And that's that's where opportunities arise. And a lot of times people think, yeah. man, if if, I've, if I'm the only one who thought of has who has thought of it, it can't be a good idea. So a lot of times people are self-deprecating with that. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's because, hey, it's a good idea. No one else has thought about it. And you better jump on the opportunity. Before second guess yeah, themselves. I've got a ton of URLs I'm never going to use. Well, stop yeah, sitting yeah. on them, man. Here's, here's a good business Flap. tip right now. <laughs> Flip those damn <laughs> URLs. Put them for auction and sell them. Stop <laughs> sitting on them. Stop hoarding. Stop. URL hoarding, Rennick. Sell those bad wanna, boys. Do you want to buy? Do you want to buy? Grab my haggis. <laughs> I don't want to grab anything. Hell no. <laughs> Sarah, I mean, uh, Rennick has mykettlebellhighway.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a whole lot of URLs. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, let's let's talk about this article, guys, because before we started okay. recording today, we we all were discussing this article. Let's see. Let me find it here. Yeah, that our good friend Sabina Scala had posted on Facebook yeah. and, and tagged, you know, she tagged Rannick and myself in it. Yeah. Yeah. OK. And um, yeah, but just the title alone was like hilarious for me, man. Just hold on. Yeah, we, it's an we, article called Beauties in Beast Mode by Jack Donovan. And then basically the subtitle is Why Are So Many Men Applauding Masculine Women? And then he goes on to discuss the phenomenon of of how more and more muscular women are becoming common. When the reality is, it's not that common. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's acting like there's like this huge group of women out. Like you just see muscular chicks every time you walk out the yeah, door. I don't know where that dude lives. I mean, yeah, I live in Houston, Texas, and I'm sorry, I don't see that here. <laughs> not it's, at it's, all. It's, it's it's still a very much a French thing. If you talk to the average girl in the street, she doesn't want to be a muscular chick, and she still has fears that if she lifts weight, she's going to yeah, look exactly. a lot like snake. And so also, it's, it's it's worth noting in the article that he talks specifically about a. American woman, um, as if it's it's particularly particularly an American phenomenon. Yeah. Um, and he decides in the process of that article to just pretty much ignore the rest of the world. I mean, it's such a myopic view. Right. Um, and I mean, my take on it, reading it, was this is a guy who's just he's just really scared. But I'm familiar with Jack Donovan because he's one of these guys who constantly bangs on about men's rights. Um, is he is he based in rights. the UK? Is he in the UK? Rannick no, or? no, no. He's based in the States and okay. he's a published author. He's got a bunch of books out. Um, 
as far as I know, he's gay, which which in context of that piece, I found quite interesting because <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it's just it just seems odd to me that um, a, a gay man should find muscular woman in some way threatening, you know, um, as if that has some impact on his masculinity. Right. Uh, and ultimately, to my mind, any guy who has an issue with that, the issues with the guys Absolutely. Issues with us. It's got nothing to do with the the, the women that are involved. Sure. Whatever they choose to do is down to them. If we, um, as as a sex, have an issue with that, then you know it's our problem. You know. Yeah, I right. find it fascinating that someone in the states has an is actually writing books about men's rights. I'm like, really, dude? That's a pretty boring read. I don't think men are fighting for any rights over here in in the United States, unless it's a particular sect of men or the particular culture of men. But as far as the gender itself, it's a very male-dominant country over here. Pretty much a male-dominant world. But the thing is, now, I think what the problem is, is that so many men are trying to dumb it down and try to seem like they're not this dominant guy. And they try to dumb it down to show women like, look, I'm, I'm all about, you know, being I'm all about feminism. I'm all about women having their rights. But a lot of times it's, it's not there's it become very self-deprecating about it. And they think that that's going to actually win them points with the women. And trust me, if you're talking to someone who is fighting for women's rights, who is a feminist, the last thing they're, they're not really concerned about what you think and do. They're really not. Well, they're, I, they're, I, they got their I, own I, thing I, going on. I thought that the articles w- w- said more about the the feminization of men than it did about the masculinization exactly. of women. Right. Well, exactly. Right. And that's, that's, and that's, that's what it's really. I, that's what, what I came away. Well, with. I mean, for the youth in America, they're definitely. I mean, there's there are authors who've written books such as The War on Boys, where yeah, I, where there's yeah. definitely an attack on masculinity targeted towards the youth. As sincere said, it's definitely still a male dominated society. Male run the show. Men run the show. But more and more, there's an emerging trend of all traits that are masculine are somehow demonized as negative and that men should embrace more feminine energy. Now, to some extent, that's 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 not completely bad advice. And what I mean is that when in the context of customer service, for example, women tend to go beyond the extra mark and and provide really good service without just worrying about the buck and moving on to the next customer. So there's certain there's certain things that you can pick up that will improve your business and so forth. But but beyond, but trying to feminize young boys where if they have too much energy, they need to be on drugs. If they're too aggressive, that's somehow a problem. Like you, you often hear, oh, he's got too much testosterone, as if that's a bad thing. You know, that's a in, good in most thing. Cases, <laughs> you know, not, yeah, in most cases, if he's being in, in, more like a bully or misogynistic or whatever, that has nothing to do with That's a lack of testosterone. Yeah, that's lack of, exactly. So, when someone's a jerk off in a bar trying to get into fights, that's not a sign of a guy who has too much testosterone. That's a guy who has very low yeah, testosterone. I mean, he's yeah, trying to absolutely. overcompensate. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's the issue across the board. You know, I think that we're we're getting really confused with this horse before the cart. Yeah, you actually by removing all the kind of rites of passage that young guys have, right. uh, you suddenly want, they, they wind up without any boundaries. They don't know they, they don't know where they stand. And any young guy is in that position. You know, where do I stand? Where do I fit in, in the scheme of things? But you know what's and crazy. Well, if you're going to remove all the markers that allow you to create an identity, then you wind up, I think, with guys like Jack Donovan writing this particular piece. You know, he he, he doesn't know where he fits in. And on the flip side, women are dealing with the same thing because now it's like, you know, you got to be a bitch to make it in society. You got to think, you know, to my, to my, to my, you know, think like a man, act like a lady, you know, yeah, and end up by yourself. You know, that's the thing because if you think like men, you damn sure end up by yourself because I don't even understand how most time we even end up with a mate with the way that we think half the time because we're not thinking. So, yeah, so all these gender roles trying to just, change places and all this other stuff that's going on is becoming so popular now like you know pretty much trying to make the women the men now make them hard you got to be hard to make it out in this world yeah, girl I mean, and you, all this you, stuff you have, to, 
you have to look at this, you know, what are you trying to sell me here? What's the agenda? Exactly. The, fact, the fact of the matter is, you know, I was down in London the other week um, and there, there's a city with 13 million people, you know, it's nuts. And you can survive an entire day in London. It just is remarkable. You will actually, you go to London and, and you'll survive it. 13 million people running around like rats in that city. And on the whole, they're pretty civil. Everybody gets on. The public transport system works. And I look at that and I think that's a testament to our ability to cooperate with one another. If we were as mean, nasty, vicious and self-centered as everybody wants us to think we are, we wouldn't last five minutes. Right, How could right. you? How can you have that many people in the same space and not kick the shit out of each other? Yeah, so right. I think I think you know it's great for selling newspapers and books and everything else to make out like you know there's this huge war going on, and but even oh, yeah. even 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 the words that are used, you know, they're, they're catalysts, you know. This war on, on the on war on men. women. It's, it's the war against yeah, women. Exactly. Like, exactly. What is this war you're talking about? I'm like, come on, man. Some, <laughs> yeah. You need <laughs> like, oh, no, a bunch of people with pitchforks out there, you know, running kill at each the other. Woman, come on. Kill the woman. It's like a yeah. witch hunter or some sort yeah. like that. Come on, man. People need people need to take their foot off the gas with this stuff. You know, we're here because uh, as a as a race, we've succeeded in learning to cooperate with one another and and communicate, and that we're really good at it. We must be. We must be, otherwise we wouldn't be here. I mean, certainly that's my take. Yeah, for the most. So guys like guys like Jack Donovan can, you know, they can throw a spanner in the works. And the great thing about that piece today was it got a whole bunch of people talking. You know. Yeah. Exactly. And then you know who who gets to decide what what a woman should be and or not. Exactly. I mean, whatever whatever a woman wants to do, that's her right. So who's to say it's like, oh well, she's not feminine or he's not masculine. You know, who's deciding these rules? <laughs> you know? yeah, and, and according That's to what? So it came down. Well, Mike yeah. and I discussed right before we called you around. He's like, you know what? After reading that article, it came down to this. None of this is my fucking business. To my, the way a woman looks is her fucking business. The way a man looks and acts, that's his fucking business because I, if people focus more on themselves, this world will be so much better. Quit worrying about what the next person, how they should be, how they should look, who's an alpha male, who's a beta male, who gives a damn? You know, mind your own business. Who the hell are you? You know, and most times time, people don't know who they are and they don't know who they are as, as a person so they have to start trying to like I said, I always laugh when I say, "Oh, are you judging?" I didn't know Jesus was hiring, <laughs> so you stop all this judgment and worry about yourself, man. And then guess I, what? I, I it's so much see, better. I, I wanted to see Boyhood yesterday, the, the new Richard Linklater movie. Yeah, and in that movie, he filmed it over a period of twelve years using the same cast, and the, and the the main guy that's in it, it films him from a young child through to a teenager going to college, and it's you know it's a fantastic film. Um, don't know if you. Are you still based in Austin, Sincere? I'm actually in Houston. You're in Houston? Okay, okay. A lot of this stuff's filmed around Austin. I've been there a couple of mm-hmm. times, so it was kind of cool to see that, being being from Edinburgh. But um, anyway, th- th- that film is about the transition of this young guy through childhood, through his, his, his teenage years. And it was just really, really cool to see because you're actually watching somebody growing up live on screen. And I was listening to, to, to Richard Linklater talking about it, and the little piece of advice he gave when he was asked, you know, what have you learned from this process is just work on yourself. Just work on yourself. Right. That's what right. everybody should be trying to do. Stop worrying about everybody else. Just work on yourself. Sort yourself out. And then through your own actions and through the way you live, it's going to have a ripple effect. Well, you know, the problem is, is it's so much easier to look at the flaws in others instead of addressing your oh, own. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's a very easy way. It's like eating junk food, right? A little quick fix. It's a very easy way to try to make yourself feel better. Exactly. But the problem is the fact that you even need to do that is a problem in and of itself. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. 
And yeah, and also on that article, <laughs> the whole little assumption that, you know, some, some black men have a thing for gigantic um, hindquarters. <laughs> yeah, that was quite. <laughs> but hold on. But the flip side saying that some white guys who go for the Rubenesque jello butt thing. I'm like. Really, man? What what man out there doesn't like a great ass? I don't give a damn. CJ, <laughs> CJ and I had a discussion about this, and I said to him that it was because um, CJ said, tell me something I don't know. And I, said that I felt it was deeply unfair to suggest that large, large bottom women were the domain of black men. And I was going to strike a blow for the skinny white kid. Um, so, yeah, but CJ said I'd have to fight him for it. <laughs> I was like, anyway. obviously, this guy hasn't been looking around lately. Like, um, yeah, there's, tomorrow, there's been a lot of uh, interchanging with that as well. Like, I don't know where you've been looking, but there are a lot of great, great asses out there, and they're not very culture specific anymore. Okay, so yeah, well, I mean, she squats, I mean, bro. She squats, bro. Black, black, <laughs> black men make, uh, I mean, black people in general make up 10% of the exactly, population in the exactly. U.S. So, I mean, and then big butts are in, which means the whole population is getting, or not the whole, but the majority. There's a majority that likes that, obviously. Otherwise, it wouldn't be proliferated <laughs> exactly. so much. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, yeah, you're looking at a, a country of 300 million people, and only 12% of them are black. Which means probably about sixty percent of that twelve percent are women, um, dude. That's very limited as far as saying that. You know, so I'm saying we got a lot, got the big butts. Are you, are you really trying to work out what the percentage of people who like big butts is? <laughs> I'm just trying to say what the hell he Let's got. Let's get that. it down to the to the decimal point. <laughs> like is, is, is that like, like a peer reviewed study? <laughs> purely anecdotal. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think there's too many guys who complain about a woman's ass being too plush. You know, I mean, it's, it's not high in the complaint list. Like, damn, her ass is too is just rumptious right there, man. I can't like, deal with it. Even when a woman has a great ass, even a gay man would give her props. Like, that girl's got a nice ass. And he's not even into that. I've, I've heard him say it before. It doesn't work but, for you. But, but the article is kind of funny because it, it, it makes me think of a lot of really fit CrossFit girls that are muscular, strong, and so forth. Yeah. And but the, the article makes it sound like those girls are so common now. Like one of <laughs> is one of those girls. They're not that common, man. Even if you go to a CrossFit gym, you know it's, it's not easy to look that way. Whether you're a man or a woman, especially exactly. if you're a woman, to get really muscular and so. Yeah, and also posting the photographs that he included in the article, right. which are professionally taken shots of of athletes and figure models, right. is just yeah. bullshit. You know, it's like I can I can pick up, you know, any fitness magazine and see a ton of people who look like that, but they do it for a living. So they're not going to give a shit what Jack Donovan has to say because right. they, pay, they pay their rent by looking the way they do. Sure. As for the rest of us, um, you know, if we aspire to look like that, you know, very few of us will. But if it's getting you off your butt and it's getting you moving, then that's a fantastic thing. Exactly. You know, everybody's gone through a period in their life where they've thought, yeah, I'm going to get lean and mean, and you can do that. And, you know, you can, you can, you can train accordingly, diet accordingly. But actually there's a certain point where you go, you know, I just want to be healthy. Right. If right. naturally your body, you, your, your body fat's low and you look like that, then, you know, lucky for you. There's a whole right. bunch of people out there who think that that's just wonderful, but right. there's a whole bunch of other people out there who simply like big butts. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a right, good point, yeah. Rannick. I mean, I've been down as as low as six percent body fat, and yeah, it was pretty ripped. But I didn't, I didn't feel good at yeah. that body weight, and tell me, body fat percentage at all. Psychologically, where you did you feel good? No, not that's what I mean. I didn't feel good mentally the, at all. Yeah, because because thing. hormonally, I wasn't at my optimal at right, that man. at that body fat percentage. You know, ten yeah. to twelve between ten to twelve percent, I feel fantastic. So I mean, it's that's yeah. why that's why one of the one of the most accurate ways to measure whether your hormones are optimal or not, or of course your mood, your sex drive. You, do you wake up excited? Natural energy, you know, things like that. 
And I definitely didn't have those when the body fat was that low. Now, you could say that maybe if I used a more systematic approach to get that way, maybe things would be different. But I don't really care because at, at where I'm at right now, I feel great. And this is easy to maintain. I don't have to do any and, kind and of specialized plan. Exactly. The bottom line is you can maintain it. It's sustainable and you feel great. Yes. You know, yes. Me, at my, me at my heaviest in terms of, of carrying muscles, probably about 15 pounds heavier than I am at the moment. Right. And I, I felt shit. Which is yeah. which is it was just the, the the combination of eating the way I did to maintain that bulk on <laughs> right. the frame that I've got because I'm a little guy you know I'm five foot eight I'm not a big guy um, me at my lightest conscious that I wanted to be lean and mean um, is probably about I don't know twenty five pounds lighter than I am now and that was horrible because it was just miserable yeah you know. So it is somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in the middle. There's a balance where you feel good and health and fitness actually coalesce. And I think that that's that's one of the big issues is, right. is people talk about yeah. fitness, fitness, but actually they're, they're not healthy. You know. Yeah. yeah, and nothing also correlates with what are your goals at the moment? What do you like if you're competing or if you're doing some type of competition, you're in some type of sport that also has come into play. So that's also going to play into where your body fat should be, where, how you should be eating, and things like that. So. There was a time, like when I was doing Muay Thai, then I was like, you know, Ronick, I'm 5'8 as well. And I was down to like 180. And yeah, I felt miserable being that small. And to some people, they think yeah. that's, that's not small. I said, but you don't know my DNA. You know, right. and I come from a very muscular, exactly. I come from a muscular family, you know, where we're, <laughs> we're like one burger away from being a fat ass or we're, <laughs> or we're one missed meal away from being a skinny like child that's on like, say, the children's yeah, commercials yeah. at night. So I'm like right there, you know, that just. That's sitting right there on, yeah, the, on the fence and, and I, watching it at all times. So, and then there's times that I've got up to like 225, or whatever, when I'm just lifting heavy and I'm not doing anything but just lifting heavy. No kettlebell sport, anything like that. And I feel miserable then because guess what? I can't do what I really love to do, which is sprinting. I feel like I'm carrying somebody, <laughs> like two, two, a pair yeah. of like some twins you're, on you're my running, back. Like, you're running like a transformer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, Bumblebee, go. <laughs> So yeah, but so it is, it's 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 finding that sweet that sweet spot where yeah. you're comfortable, you're happy, and you feel good. And I think it's it's different if you have kind of specific goals, particularly mm -hmm. if you're gearing yourself towards performance. Yeah. Then there's sacrifices you make in the knowledge that you know you're gonna you're gonna reach that day where you perform, and then you're back in another cycle of whatever it is you're doing. Well, that's yeah. I mean, so, a good example. Athletes, yeah, I was about to say a good example. Athletes let themselves go though because yeah, of look, that. Look at, look at Michael Jordan now. Look at Michael Jordan now. He exactly. looks like somebody's very rich uncle at this point. Okay, <laughs> so and, my, and Michael Strahan, who was like Michael Strahan, went to one of the universities that I went to as well. He went to Texas Southern University. Like to see him back then, and also see him when he was with the New York Giants. I mean, he was this big, like muscular guy. As soon as he retired, it's funny how it seemed like only a matter of months he was like the guy you see on the Michael and Kelly show now. And when you see him off <laughs> doing a box, it's like whoa. And you see him on a subway commercial, like okay, dude, what the hell? Well, he doesn't have to train as hard as he used to. He doesn't have to yeah, eat but, as much but, as he but, used to because he has to maintain a certain weight just to keep his contract in the NFL. Because that's the thing about those guys. You see those linemen, you're like, man, that can't be healthy. Well, guess what? These guys have to have a certain they have to be a certain weight in order to get that position, stay in that position, and yeah, keep I mean, that, that contract. That's, that's, that's become a freak show. When you look exactly. at the, the way that these guys have increased in size, <laughs> you know, over the last 15, 20 years, yeah, right. it's it's not sustainable. But th this is this is the big issue we have with 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 sports science, if you like. All this, the, all the sports science stuff that trickles down into the mainstream seems to do more damage than good, because w w what we tend to forget is the, these high end athletes have careers for a reason. 
they have careers because they're going to be shot to bits. At a certain point, they're simply not going to be able to sustain what they do. So the, the minute you start to perform as a high-end professional athlete, you want to get as much money in as possible and perform best you possibly can, and you want to get out with as few injuries as possible. Right, right. And for most people, that's really not the case. They come out the other end of it, and they're essentially screwed. Yeah, 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 but, yeah the know. biggest issue with that is when Joe Blow's sitting on the couch watching the CrossFit games this past weekend. He sees that, and he just thinks like, okay, I'm just going to go join the CrossFit. I'm going to do that. Or you see these other athletes, and you start reading Men's Fitness Magazine, and you see the Michael Strahan workout, or you start seeing like the Hugh Jackman workout or Wolverine or whatever. They read yeah, this, and they think that, oh, this is what I need to do. But I'm like, yeah, he did the Wolverine workout because he was in the movie Wolverine. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. the reason why. He didn't pay a lot to be in those movies. Yeah, when, <laughs> and when he yeah. finished doing it, you know, hey, just like – um, Gerard Butler at the 300 is like, well, are you going to train like that from now? He's like, hell no, man. He said, I, I never want to go through that again in my life. So these right. guys and are miserable. What is you know, the, these guys, you know, they've got physios, they've got, they've got nutritionists, yes. they've yeah, got exactly. personal staff. They've got somebody looking out for them every step of the and way. They're likely on anabolics and other performance enhancers. Oh man, don't get me started. We're talking, we're talking exactly. I always laugh when people are going, no, they didn't do any of that stuff. It's like, first of all, how do you know? <laughs> you, you, know? you in that inner circle? And second of all, there's millions of dollars on the line. Yeah. You really think John, they're not going to take every edge they can get exactly. to do it? And then when you look at the transformations in a time frame, it's like six weeks before they started shooting, you know, so-and-so started his training regimen. It's like, okay, six weeks is not a very long time. You know, you're not going to make a lot happen in six weeks is the honest yeah, truth. You put you on, you put on all thin, these 30-day programs and so yeah. forth that everyone buys into, six weeks is not a long time. I put on 10 pounds of muscle in six weeks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't have any help with that? Come on. If you've never worked out before, sure, you can do that. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for anyone who's actually worked out, no, that's not happening. So performance enhancement is is in every level of athletic High level. Yeah, oh, it's 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 nuts. It's nuts. Anybody, any anywhere where somebody's making big bucks, you know, the the minute that you start talking about the sport of fitness, <laughs> and you start writing people paychecks uh, to perform that like cash prize, yeah, there's yeah. you can take what you need to take to win that. Come Bottom on, line. exactly. I mean, come on, they just threw out what? How many millions of dollars this past weekend in the CrossFit Games for folks? Come on, man. I mean, just thinking of just go just There's people taking performance enhancement in kettlebell sport and no one's oh, even of course. and nobody's even talking about it but nobody <laughs> wants to talk about it and, you well, know, well, nobody's making a damn there man there's no money to be made there and even there people are like you know what fuck it we've, i'm gonna take got, it so i can excel we've got the commonwealth games on here at the moment and um there's only one athlete being done so far there were a few athletes who didn't appear because they've been done for performance enhancing drugs but the the only person that's been busted so far is a 16 year old girl from ghana in the weightlifting now this is the commonwealth games what was she taking no do you know what was she taking and um, diuretics okay. a couple of okay, diuretics yeah, so. um but you know it, that's kind of a joke right. though for for it, performance exactly. enhancement that's that's not going to improve her yeah. performance whenever i see <laughs> in the olympics and see no, someone but, gets busted no, in the olympics no, for no, that the fact, i'm like come on fact remains the fact remains that if if she is competing in a weight category of 55 kilos and she gets weighed in and she's taking di- diuretics to reduce her weight down so that she can basically rehydrate before competition, however you look at it, it's performance enhancing. The yeah, fact yeah, that's true. been done with a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. You know, the, the, the problem with performance enhancing drugs in sports is it, it's not about the the – how good their detection methods are. It's it's about how good the the chemists and scientists are who are providing this stuff are sure. at hiding it. 
you know they're absolute experts and you're right you know yeah. it's just it's a case of catch up yeah but everywhere you look you know if there's money involved somebody somewhere's taking it yeah it's going to be harder and harder to catch that kind of stuff because as you said as the technology develops to catch it the technology develops to hide it exactly yeah <laughs> as with anything now these days whether it's that or even just the technology just to bust people doing certain things or whatever somebody's gonna always do it if you put up a firewall or something that's gonna keep the hackers out the hackers gonna come up with something that's gonna bust that firewall yeah. you know so there's always gonna be somebody one step ahead of, for people that want to get away with something they're gonna always be smarter than you for that yeah, for I mean, that moment for that moment very often these guys don't know what they're looking for you know it's like i can't remember which drug it is that's used to, t- to treat adhd but it's also the one that's Ritalin, used to usually, right? Yeah, so the Adderall, I think. Adderall, is, okay, is Adderall, 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 yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, so, so suddenly you find out that um, all the, the world's top sprinters have uh, attention deficit disorder. Really? <laughs> but, you know, if, if, if they are, um, you know, if they say they've got it and they've get, they're given it as a prescribed med- medication, then they can take it. Right. You know? Well, the same thing was going on in the UFC, right? Everyone was qualifying for testosterone replacements because they were saying, oh, I've got this medical condition where it's low. And then they left out the part that the reason why it's low is because they abused it in the past yeah. illegally. And now as a result of illegally abusing it, now they can legally take it, which I always found funny. And now now they got rid of that completely yeah. because there was so much controversy about it. But Yeah, and that, that's and that's the big problem, again, with performance-enhancing drugs is, is people say, oh, well – I tell you what, let's just let them use certain substances um, and, you know, then it's kind of like a level playing field. But actually, that's never going to happen because somebody somewhere is working on something that's so off the charts <laughs> that nobody else has got. Right. Um, you know, right. it's, it's, you're never going to have a level playing field. You're never going to have a level playing field because people are always going to be looking for something that gives them that extra piece, you know, so you can legalize things right, left and center. But there's still going to be this this whole area of folk. Who, who well, I mean, a, a leveling playing field is an illusion anyway, yeah, right? Because yeah, there's 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 yeah. a lot of natural athletes that are just more gifted than others. They have way better recovery time naturally. Their ability to process information is is way is way more advanced. So I mean, this a level playing field is implies that everyone starts at the same level, and then whoever the best is that comes out of that. Well, n- not everyone is starting at the same level. No. People are starting yeah, at yeah. different levels. But yeah. <laughs> the, the problem with these kind of discussions is, in the meantime, there's real issues going on. Exactly. Such as human trafficking, you know, human slavery, animal suffering, uh, big conglomerations like Monsanto trying to control the food supplies. So, you know, we're being distracted by all these minutiae and these these big problems. These these big conglomerations are are taking over things that. But that, that's that's that the most quality. Exactly. Like, while we're while we're I mean, arguing about the alpha male, you know, you got people getting, <laughs> yeah, you got exactly. families getting bombed by drones just so that you know their country be taken over for oil. You know, right. because they're, they're, nobody's ready to let go of oil and use alternative means of fuel because you know that's what they, they're so used to making so much money from. And you control the oil, you control the world. So yeah, but we're sitting trying to yeah, figure out you know who's the alpha male and who's the feminine. Who's feminine? If you go down that road, if you go down that road, you're encouraging people to think, and then where oh God, no, don't do that. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of been disappointing even with our own show. We're We'll do an episode where we have a guest come on and talk about why Dragondor and Strongfirst went their separate ways, and that'll be a high-download episode. And then we have a guest come on and talk about what he's doing to help victims of human trafficking, and that gets half the downloads of that. Yeah. It's like, are you guys kidding me, man? You care more about this, drama. This, this, this organizational drama crap instead of real – human issues that are going on out there which everybody should be concerned about you know it's it's a it's yeah a, i mean it's 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 interesting because you know people are often very critical of facebook um and the just kind of the 
just the crap that people post. But what, sure. what I've found recently is that, you know, I'm in the process of getting an education from guys around the world who are living in areas that I really have no understanding of. Guys sure. who've been, you know, working in Palestine, um, guys in the States who are part of the Jewish community who, who are looking at what's happening in Israel. Mm. And for me, living in Edinburgh in Scotland, you know, a lot of this stuff doesn't compute. But to actually have the opportunity to discuss it with people who've got genuine interest in what's going on is absolutely phenomenal. Right. Um, right. So, it, you you know, you make your choices. Sure. You make your choices. Exactly. And I think that. Yeah, you don't have to waste time putting up selfies of yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, you can you can actually use Facebook to get the word out. When we, our guest yesterday, Melia Cap who runs Voice for the Animals in Los Angeles to help homeless animals and so forth. She was talking about how social media has really helped drive adoptions of animals right. in need. So, I mean, the social and, and a guy out here in Nevada who runs Nevada SPCA told me the same thing. So social media can be just like anything else. You, know, you can use the internet to get great information and put out great information, or you can use it to waste time and put out crappy information. It's all the choices you make. Also, yeah, and, and then also, there's a situation where you can balance it all out. Yeah, you don't have to be so serious all the time. Like sometimes I mean, right, right. it can be very depressing if that's all you do. <laughs> right. I mean, Mike and I talk about that. I go, you kind of just went on a, a depressing mode as far as the, the documentaries you were watching for a while yeah, there. Yeah. And then it's just like every now and then you kind of need something to kind of just take you away from that. And, you know, just kind of like, okay, get something a little bit more upbeat. You need to see a guy wipe out on a treadmill on YouTube. Exactly. You know, you need that balance and yeah. that kind of wear on your heart and your sleeves stuff just it right. just exhausts me well, it's, you know it's depressing so and it can really it can lead to it can make things even worse i mean i've known that just from personal experience and sure. from family and who've, who've just let the the pains of the world just really they absorb so much of that that yeah. they ended up you know it ended up affecting them in in ways that were yeah, fatal, they were I mean, fatal you know yeah. they end up taking their own I mean, lives they, because they felt like yeah. they felt so hopeless and like they're right. so minute and they just like well what's the point of me being here you know there's yeah. nothing i can do by myself no one's listening to me so yeah. they just felt defeated man and then it takes you out so you got to kind of find that balance you find those like-minded I, individuals I, I, I think and that's overwhelming otherwise great yeah. point a lot. sarah great point i think a large part of that is you know we if we allow ourselves we can be on call 24 7 yeah you know yeah. if you allow it to happen you can constantly have people um, whether it, you know, it's 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 via text messages, whether it's Facebook, whether it's the fact that you watch CNN at two o'clock in the morning, right. you know, we're inundated with this stuff. And unless you make a conscious effort to kind of digitally detox every now and then, yes, um, you will put find. It. Yeah, and, and that's one of the and that's one of the rules. Like you know, I tell Mike all the time. You know, I'll come back like on a Monday, turn on my computer, and I see like all the messages about the show and all that because I have a rule for myself: Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, no computer. I enjoy my weekend. I don't want to be connected. I like I Monday through. I like Monday through Sunday. No computer whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for having a business online, then yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> we should make it like yeah. I check. You should have. We should have the. We should all use these these uh, automated responses where it says <laughs> I check my email once a week between twelve p.m. and twelve fifteen p.m. on Friday. To my own days that don't end in Y. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man so yeah it's just something about disconnecting man and just taking a break from all that and then picking and choosing all this stuff and balancing it out but i think so the whole theme of what we're talking about even from this article the the biggest issue here is balance it's always this like i brought up rannick on um, my comment about this article on facebook what the problem with this guy is that he's going from an either or situation it's either yeah. this yeah, way yeah. or it's that way and guess what he's not the only one 
the whole there's so many people in the world that think there's like well either Palestine is wrong or Israel is wrong or the conservatives are right or you know or the liberals yeah. are right or women are right or men are right there is no either or there's so many factors that play in between point A and point B people need to go back and go learn algebra and get back on that graph well, some of the comments so, in that article were so nonsensical I mean like such, <laughs> such as uh, you know if you're a guy and you like really athletic women that border on quote unquote masculine what does that say about your sexuality it's like it doesn't say anything <laughs> it says that's <laughs> it what says I like, like, <laughs> like women like that more power to you, man. You know? and, but the, the, the other thing is, who gives a shit what it says? Exactly. If that's what you like, that's what you like, man. Great. More power to you. I mean, so, if, yeah. Next time someone asks you that, like, what yeah. does it say about you? Not a damn thing. Mind your business. To my, <laughs> to my, you know why it doesn't say anything about you? Even uh, having this discussion about uh, <laughs> this article about those guys, man. You someone, someone, someone had posted recently, and I can't, I can't remember who it was. If I, would, if, I, if I did, I'd name check them. But they were talking about how they'd come across an article. Um, written on a subject that they knew a lot about. And when they read it, they just sat there just banging their head against the wall saying that's wrong and that's wrong. And, you know, they're reading this article and they know the inside inside out story of this. And they're looking at it and they're looking at all the discrepancies. And at the end of it, they thought to themselves, geez, you know what? This is probably true with about 90% of the stuff that I read. You know, I, I assume because somebody's taking the time to put pen to paper and write this stuff down, that it's somehow an accurate appraisal of what's going on. But who's to say it's not just another person filling column inches with a bunch of bullshit? Yeah, see, right. like me, and the I skeptic in me with this whole article. As soon as I started, when I read the first paragraph, I said, ah, we're, first of all, the topic, I said, oh, he's topic baiting right now. I already see where yeah, this yeah. is going. When I saw Beauties and Beast mode, I was like, oh, here we go. You know, because I'm that skeptic type of guy. I'm like, all right, yeah, he's, yeah. he's baiting everybody. And obviously, by the time I looked at it, when you guys had posted it, I, and I saw all the comments. I'm like, well, it looks like that, like mission accomplished for this dude. I haven't even read it yet. <laughs> and it looks like he already he already did what I assumed. And usually I don't like making assumptions. I said, but I was right on this one because everybody had something to say about it because it's a hot topic. It's another it's another form of now it's a form of fitness religion and gender religion right there. So, of course, it's going to hit that hot button because you know everybody what, you has know what's an opinion. Going, going back to my earlier point. Yeah. Everyone's debating that article, which is <laughs> at the end of the day, it's a trivial subject matter, right? Oh, yeah, we we could put up a post about how James Pond has rescued three young women in Cambodia who were raped for their entire lives, and now they're thriving doing yoga and we'll get fourteen raped. likes. We'll get fourteen yeah, likes. Yeah, there won't be <laughs> no one comments. Yeah, just a like. You know what, guys? You know why that is, though? Because people are scared of the real stuff. Well, you know, and we they're can, afraid of. They, they're, they're I don't think it's even. I think it's. I think it's even more simple than that. Is I think. I think a lot of people at their core could care less. Is the problem they could yeah. care less in their mind? They think it doesn't affect them. They're like, well, my daughter wasn't captured and you know and made a you know a, sold in a you know sex traffic or anything like that. And I don't know anyone like that. I and mean, that sounds like something that happens in Russia. And I live in America. And why does that even matter to me? Well, guess what? It's happening yeah. right in your own neighborhood, and you don't even realize it. So that's yeah. the thing, man. And guess what? There are certain things that you purchase. Your dollars contribute to these crimes when you really right. think yeah. about it. In fact, all the things that people argue about, they need to start arguing about it, even when it comes about what's going on in the Middle East right now. Because as long as you drive a vehicle, you can't pick a side over there who's right and who's wrong because you contribute to all that. You can't talk about terrorism when you know that you're buying gas for your car and you're contributing to the oil crisis. Yeah, we're all a part of it because we have to get around for the most part over here. You, and they make it to where we're dependent yeah, on it. You're so correct, Sincere. I mean, you <laughs> could even say, look, I don't support factory farming, but you may go to a store – 
where you may not be buying items that contribute to that, but they're still selling items that do. So the money all goes to the <laughs> right. same place. You know, you're keeping them in business, and what they're doing is supporting things that you don't directly support, but indirectly you're still supporting it. So it's, I mean, people, it's 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 very difficult to really you, you, on you your have, to, you have, have to, any kind of you have to, you have to ground, moral high ground is kind of a laughable thing right yeah, now. So my thing but, is, like, yeah, what are you doing? It, it comes down to this: what are you doing as an individual to do, to be the best person that you can be right now? What actions are you taking right now as we speak just to be a, a better person than you were five minutes ago? You, you, you and if you focus on that, everything's battles, great. Seriously, that's the bottom line. You know, pick your battle and, and go fight it. Don't get sidetracked because there's so much stuff out there that will just dissipate everything that you do. Well, well, that's, that's, you but on the, the flip side of that, you know, it's easy to pick a battle. The thing is, why are you fighting? Exactly. You no, know, why are you battling? And that's the thing. Most people don't have a purpose other than the fact of being in conflict and being debatable, or being a contrarian. It's just like, you know, I'm doing it just to be different or just to be just to have something to argue about. So you got to exactly. make sure when you're picking a battle, it's a worthwhile cause. Ice-T made that point on his podcast, the Ice-T Final Call podcast, where he based final level podcast, yeah. where he basically said that if he says, oh, Michael Jordan's my favorite basketball player, if there's 30 people in the room, one guy will be like, oh, Michael Jordan mm. sucks. Come on, you know, Larry, just, Bird, just Larry Bird. Just to be a contrarian. Just like what you said. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that scene from Coming to America when they're arguing in the barbershop and everybody's like, Muhammad Ali was the greatest. And he's like, what? he didn't kick Rocky Marciano's ass. There we go. Every time I bring up Muhammad Ali or Joe Lewis, somebody's got to bring up Rocky Marciano. You know, because there's always somebody that's going to have an opinion. That's the thing about it. And the thing is, that's great because if everybody thought the same, this world would suck. <laughs> okay, it would suck a lot. <laughs> No, but I, I just think it's a very interesting social commentary that an article such as what we're discussing will get so much heat on Facebook. And even we're talking hell, about even it. even on our show because originally we were, we're talk talking about it on the show. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but, but we do an episode on human trafficking or uh, abused animals and so forth, and we'll get way less downloads than an episode about why Dragon Door and Strong Fist split up. You know, just suit, utterly super. Yeah, but by, <laughs> and and by the same, okay, by the same hold, token. Hold on, like, hold, on. Hold, on. Like, hold on. Let's talk about the Freudian slip you just did. You said Strong Fist? <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> I caught that. That wasn't a pretty slip. That was on purpose. Man. That's a slang right there. Strong sisters and dragon that's, fathers. That's that's um that's Jonathan Lewis's one, yeah. <laughs> Look, all you dragon backdoors and strong fisted. <laughs> but some some of them was going to say about that 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 post that came up today and and why why. Certainly, why I commented was was when Sabina, um, who we all know, posted that. You know, she wanted to know what we thought. Mm-hmm. So, fine, she's asked what they, this is what I think. But also by virtue of the fact that you know I've got two two sons, young guys, um, and when I see that kind of stuff out there, I kind of feel a certain, and it might just be a knee jerk on my part. And yeah, I feel sucker punch because you know I, I I fall for the clickbait like everybody else does, and I hate to be manipulated but by the same token when it's out there in the public domain and i know that there's a possibility that people i'm involved with are going to see that i think it's only right to say actually you know what this is bullshit call it yeah. as bullshit tell it like it is um you know probably waste more time in it than 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 you should but i think you know if, if, if somebody asks an opinion and it winds you up you're duty bound to tell them. Not no, no sucks. doubt. And I don't think it's a waste of time to have these discussions. I just think it's interesting that people get so heated about this when there's so many larger issues that people could care less about. They won't even you I, could post yeah, it. You I, could I, post I, it. I think, you won't even get one reply. People will be like, "Nah, no, they didn't even watch the clip." But do you not also think that that's just part of our news culture? When you got a 24/7 news culture that 
posts whatever no i I think people like to get distracted by meaningless stuff man look how popular reality tv is and look at look at movies if a movie is is really powerful drama like this movie snowpiercer that came out it's not going to be a huge success then you have some utterly moronic movie like the latest transformers which is just basically the equivalent of kids playing with like throwing toys at each other (laughs) on the movie screen for two hours people love that shit man because a lot of people just don't want to think they don't want to they don't want to see a movie like snowpiercer that really makes Makes you think well, hell, even machine gun preacher it's like yeah. <laughs> you know you'll sit there and watch any love movie with like with gerard butler and you'll go talk about 300 to the two you out of breath but no one talked about machine gun preacher yeah you know? it wasn't a huge hit exactly. no exactly I didn't but even see it myself until it came out on video until just, you told me it was on netflix and then yeah. i went and saw it on netflix i was like whoa I'm, I'm like how did this movie not like get a lot of praise i mean this is even because let's face it most oscar movies most movies that are nominated for an oscar are movies none of us have seen so I was very surprised that, you know, this didn't get like some type of Oscar well, the buzz. The problem, Sincere, is that a lot of people could care less about suffering in Africa because, you know, my father like, worked for the United Nations his whole career. My father's been all over Africa working with economies out there and so forth. You know, he's been to all these different places, seen that kind of suffering up right. and close and personal. I've asked him, I go, why? Why are why isn't the world doing more to really help out these people in need? And he flat out said, and he's a white guy. He flat out said, you know, most people are racist. <laughs> most policies are still racist. Right. So it's a bunch of black people suffering. And, and if, there's, if there's no commercial, if it's, see, that's the thing. I was about to go there next. No commercial benefit. Yeah, they've got why, everything why, they got. Why are you going to do it? Yeah, they yeah, already have everything they need from Africa. They got the diamonds, they got the gold, they've got the land, and now the only for, the part of Africa they're focusing on now is that. Is that northeastern corner tip up there in the Middle East? Okay, when you're talking about Egypt and all that, so that's the last, that's the final frontier. Why? Because it's right by the Suez Canal. It's, it's also right up there in that oil producing region now. All the other resources they pillage, they have it already. All the powers that be, the corporations, they have that now. So they could care less. In fact, one of my friends, they're from Turkey. And there's so much stuff going on in Turkey that so many people don't even know about and the conflict that's happening there. But you know what? And I told him, you know, he's from Turkey. I said, you know why that's not on the news every day here in America? Turkey, you don't have shit to offer us. I'm like, only thing I can get from you is some Turkish coffee. I said, there's really nothing going on that our corporations really, really care about that they really need to get from you right now. I said, but come up with something. I said, crack, get some oil going on over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, we're going to come in and liberate the people of Turkey. That's what we do. We liberate people. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're, we're the liberators, you know, the why. Well, you know, the, the, the cool thing, though, and, and especially using the example of Machine Gun Preacher, that movie, is that yeah. the guy, based on a true story, mm-hmm. is that that's an individual who went out there and was and, so traumatized by what he saw that he couldn't go home and not think about it. And he was compelled yeah. to go back and, and make a difference. And he did not which, wait for someone else to, to do show, it for him. Yeah, it just he goes to show you. But, my, I mean, my dad had the same experience. He went to Uganda and he saw these these orphans. There's horrible suffering, kids basically starving, living in dirt. And he's, he's like, this is unbelievable that people live like this. But he also said that you can take $10,000 and go out there and play God. You can literally save people's lives. You can, you can take them from never getting out of that situation to putting them through school, getting them an education, and, and then ha- them having an incredible life with such a small amount of money. So that's his big thing. That's his big interest now. That's what he, he spends a lot of time going out there and working with that. So I mean, individuals can make a difference is where I'm going with this, is that a lot of times when people get overwhelmed and depressed by these kind of issues, it's because you're not doing anything about it. You're just sitting around fucking thinking about yeah, it, blowing on it. That's not helping yeah, anybody, I'll, not I'll, even I'll, you. Yeah. You're not encouraged to. So much of this stuff is just offered up as entertainment, you know? That's true, too. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, I mean, let's, it, let's be honest. You can't go into an airport. What's the first thing you see in an airport? CNN. Why the hell I want to watch? <laughs> why do I want to watch CNN before I get on the airplane? I mean, nothing makes me more exactly. depressed than to watch that thing like, I could possibly die today. 
I could probably, and I'm watching a Malaysian crash happening over, you know, over the water right before I get on the plane. No, nah, that's not good for business, United. Turn yeah, that shit off. That, <laughs> the, the weird thing is with, with the advent of 24-hour news, we get the same stories looped over and over again. Yeah. You know? So with, they, ticker, they, with ticker they, tape they, at the bottom, repeating what they just yeah. said on the screen. It's just like, you know, so one guy like, says, But, you know, no one, no one, to be fair on that point, though, no one, no one expects you to have it on all fucking day long. Just watch what you need and turn it off. Exactly. I mean, who, yeah, why, why, why do people have the news on because my parent my mom is like that she has the news on all day it's like i'll call her up at 12 p.m news is on call up again later on that evening the news is still on it's like well why the fuck is the news yeah, on everywhere like, you go it's on you go and sit in a dentist's waiting room exactly. and the news is on you go and sit in a, you know cafe somewhere the news is on you whilst you might not elect to watch news 24 hours it's on everywhere you go so it becomes inescapable you can you can unplug from it though i mean yes. i i got rid of cable a long time ago so the television i have at home is netflix and then i have this device called roku where i can yeah. pick and choose shows there isn't anything on when i turn my tv but, on yeah and i that's, scroll that's, down i find a show i pick it no, so I, most of, I, I never watch the news to the point where <laughs> when i go walk my dogs one of my neighbors who's a big news buff he always tells me what's going on in the that's world hilarious. Because, so being because, a news because i don't even know <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I think I think that's fantastic. But if you go and sit in the waiting room of a dentist, you don't have to look at it. No, I'm right. How, how many? Hold how on, fucking often do you go into a dentist? <laughs> Every six months, you know. So here's the thing. But hold on. Even on that note. You can you don't have to pay attention to that too. I'm good at ignoring bullshit. You know that's why they have yeah. ma- that's why they have magazines in the dentist office. And guess what? If I need to, I'll go to the other s- distraction that I have. It's called my <laughs> cell phone, and I can go. Yeah. I can distract that's, myself that's, with Facebook that's... and not look at that depressing crap that's up there on the. I'd rather look at other people be depressing on Facebook with each other than watch the news, which is trying to suck me yeah, in. Yeah, it's depressing. So you can look at <laughs> selfies of broads in the bathroom taking. Picks. Exactly, and I can just be like, okay, now there's some news for you right there. It's a sad state of affairs in the world right here. But selfies. I think I think the difference. Dude, I think the difference there guys is you've you've made a conscious effort that you're gonna you're gonna un, you know yeah unplug, we're, we're, we're the problem on. yeah the whole reason I mean, all these things are 24 hours is because they don't want you to be conscious about things no, you need to just be numb. Too, it's also the problem it's like if, the only reason we have a 24 hour news cycle option is because the demand is there yeah yeah that means that, that means constantly somebody's Effing nosy 24 hours a day and wants to know what's going on in the world and not care about what's really happening in their well, world. The sad, the sad <laughs> part is that there's there's a good contingency of people, and this is just my theories, and there's no there's no data to back up what I'm saying, but just my observation is that I think I think a, a part of a lot of people likes to hear about the suffering of others because it makes them feel better by contrast. Like, whoa, man, my life's not that bad. I feel <laughs> yeah, better. and the, and the, sh- the shitty stuff sticks. You know, yep. it's much easier to to contend with. You know, and uh, and on the flip they, side of that, we have a communication problem. So a lot of times, people are, are so connected now online that they've forgotten how to communicate. So now they have to watch all this drama and all this news in order to feel like well, at least I have something to talk about when I go to work on Monday. Yeah, my so dad now we, now we can have a conversation. We can talk about, hey, you see what's going on over in Russia and with Croatia? You know, now they have a conversation to go on now. And other than or even even at like just any just I mean, I go to a spa for uh, recovery and, you know, you go in the steam room and try to unwind and someone will come in and be like, hey, you see the news today about this? Like, I was like, no, and don't tell me about it because I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to relax right now. I don't need to hear that shit right now. Have you, have you, guys, have you guys have you guys come across Douglas Rushkoff? No, nope. There's fantastic, fantastic writer in the states called Douglas Rushkoff. He is a, he has a new book out called Present Shock, um, and it's essentially about this. It's about the fact that we are on call twenty four seven, and in the past, the only people who would have been on call like that would have been essentially military and first responders. First responders, yeah, and, and doctors. Okay, people that yeah. truly and matter. Even, and even, 
and even then, they, you know, they'd have a cot that they could sleep in in between. You don't, you don't and, have to be, though, is my point. You can yeah. do what Sear does and shut off the computer. Yeah, but the, the fact is, my what people I do just get rid of Pavlovian with their stuff. You know, it's like they, they have their, for example, I, you know, I have a mobile phone, but people ask me, why, why is the ringer switched off all the time and why don't I have alerts on it? And it's because I, talk to I, choose, to, <laughs> I choose to engage with it at certain points. Um, so there are certain points during the day when, where I'm happy to pick up a call, but there's large chunks of the day where I won't pick up a call. Right. You know, um, people think that that's kind of weird and strange, you know, because <laughs> I don't have an alert on my phone that tells me every time I get a text message. But as far as I'm concerned, I, you know, I don't want to be that accessible. Well, yeah, you don't want to be like Pavlov. You're like, ding, you're looking. You're running. Yeah. Ding, yeah. ding, and but you're running. The unfortunate, yeah. it's great. Yeah. The unfortunate thing with that is it builds up an expectation yes. in people that you should be. And then you so feel let down when no one calls. Well, every time yeah, I, 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 there have been studies that show that your dopamine response is is triggered. Every single time you get that. Yeah, reward. That, it's a reward now. Like, yeah, oh, somebody wants me. Somebody like, oh, needs me. Email. <laughs> you know, to be honest, I mean, I, I fall into that trap myself because, you know, I, I have a lot of income sources. So I'm selling products all day long. And if, I, I, and then if, I'm, if I'm constantly looking at my phone, I'm like, oh, cool. Look at all this money that's coming in while I'm driving around doing my errands <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's, it's easy to – then you start looking every five minutes to see if, if more is coming. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. So, so like, you have to do what Rannick does. You know, you just shut off certain functions so you don't have that option and then psh, freeze up your the, Since we last met, um, Mike, one of the things that I've been done, one of the things I did was I went over to Tarifa, which is in the south of Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hooked up with a guy there who is teaches survival skills. Huh. Mm-hmm. And we started running something there called Earth Strength, which is really about releasing people back into the wild. And we get them down there. Um, there's a base um, called Los Banos that we use. Literally, you're looking out across the, the the sea, and the next stop is Africa. Africa's eight miles away. And when we get people down there, we get them to do a couple of things. We get them to switch their phones off and the computers off, and we get them to take their shoes and socks off and just go barefoot. And that immersion is, is just overwhelming for people because right. suddenly they're not connected um, by phone or by computer. And their bare feet are on the ground, and that in itself is just overwhelming for people. Wow. And it's really weird because it's such a natural experience to have. Yeah. Um, Neil, Neil Hill that I work with there, he's an archaeological anthropologist, um, but his, his, the, the real skill he has is, is showing people not just how to survive, but how to thrive mm. in their own environment. Um, and when we get down there, the, the first thing that people do is they go into kind of state a mild shock right because they're barefoot and they don't have their phone on them and who thought <laughs> something as simple as that could, could have such a profound effect yeah yeah, yeah no i mean you know the, the advent of the proliferation of cell phones is fairly it's fairly recent you know i remember when i was in high school early 1990s and i would go to concerts nobody was sitting there with the fucking cell phone recording the show or <laughs> taking pictures everybody was totally immersed in the experience it was a blast yeah. man you could tell everybody is in the moment we're not thinking about school the next day we're not thinking about stuff we need to do later we're having a great time at a great show now you go to a concert and 50 percent of the people are texting other people they're not they're not even there 
I mean, they're there physically, but they're not there mentally, emotionally, or any other sense of the word. They're too busy. Yeah, I mean, Facebook people, updates, texting other people, filming the fucking shows that they can post it on. Do you YouTube remember the time later. where you couldn't even film anything? Like there was no camera. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but I remember that one episode going way back. An episode like what's happening? I remember like when rerun like took a tape. <laughs> he took the tape recorder yeah. and then tried to like bootleg the the yeah, yeah, Brothers yeah. concert. Yeah. And he started dancing. The tape recorder fell out, and he pretty much like that was punishable by law. That was a federal offense yeah. for bootlegging, man. And just even coming from the yeah. music industry, just trying to come in and record a show. You know, yeah. you would go, you would face stiff fines and jail time now. Right. But right. now you can't even enforce that anymore. You can't even say don't bring a camera in here because oh, people go take their phones. Yeah. And no one's going to, and it'll be an uproar. If you tell people they can't bring their phones to a concert, then you can just guarantee that you're not, nobody's going to yeah, go to that show. It's, it's, it's kind of like if you don't film it or take a photograph of it, it didn't happen. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like, it's about, I want to go to this show so I can tell people that I went rather than I just want to go to it and, and have fun and, and enjoy the experience. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's bizarre when you watch, you know, you watch a concert on TV now, and when they pull back from the stage, you'll just see this sea of people with lights on. The lights on, exactly. Like I remember there was a time when you look at that sea, it was like those were lighters during the slow part of the yeah, song. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but now, it, now it's just a sea of phones, and then everybody's posting the same clips on on, on Facebook. Exactly, nah, it's, it's the bizarre. same. <laughs> Oh, man. I used to I used to like to take at least one clip just as a souvenir, but I don't even do that anymore because everyone else is doing it. I was like, oh, I'll just go get it on you. I'll just go favorite someone's YouTube clip. Exactly, there. and share up. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was there too. <laughs> I don't yeah, even waste time filming this shit. Let someone else do it. <laughs> No, it's just it's 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 bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. It is. It is. You you wonder how often people are ever fully in the present. Whatever it is, because you're not even fully in the present on something really fun, you know. Imagine. Well, I mean, but this this this, this, <laughs> yeah, is, this is the reason um, with with the Earth Strength stuff that um, w- we get rid of all that. But the weird thing is, you know, we have to have somebody there who will catalog it and photograph it, but we don't allow any of the participants to be that person, right? Because the, you know, it's you know, everybody wants to photograph of themselves jumping off the rocks, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> through the waterfall, etc. And that. As last rites, they don't have their phone. Like, just in case I don't make it, at least you just send this last picture. Send this picture to my wife, please. So, you know, from that point of view, I understand that people want a record of the event. But no, I understand that too, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun. But, to, when you're out, I mean, when I was out in South Africa seeing animals, it's fun to take photos and all that stuff. You want to document it. And I think, I think it's important to take a lot of photos because you have something to look back on, especially for – for the guys like you two who have kids, it's it's cool to be able to show them stuff. I mean, it was cool for me to see a lot of photos of my parents, my grandparents, and so forth. So I mean, it it is there is a play, there is something to be said about documenting stuff, no doubt. Exactly. Yeah, but I think there's a point where you you know you catch a snapshot, which is the essence of what's going on, and then you get back into the experience of having it. Exactly. It's like, it's, you know, it's like photographing your meals. Seriously. You know? <laughs> hey man, I, 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 hold on. It's funny. My wife and I were talking about this last night. I said, you know what's so crazy? I said back in like what 2006, <laughs> like when I was first getting on Facebook, this is one of the first people doing the whole food porn thing, and everybody was all fascinated by it. I said now it's like I just get sick of seeing that now. Like yeah, I was guilty of that back in the day. Now it just doesn't make a point. Every effing meal, yeah, it's especially like, it's like oh and, we. we Get it? You ate dinner today. And, was, and what kills me? Most of the meals people take pictures of now are not worth photographing. It looks yeah. like ass. I'm like, what is that? At least I would sit there and yeah. at least try to make art out of the photo and make it appealing and make people want to, you know, 
when, yeah, but, when somebody takes a photograph of a Tupperware container with a chicken breast, that's and some not sexy. Yeah, yeah. to my yeah, prep for the week. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> First of all, it's just it's a bunch of plasticware with food in it. Like well, at it, least dress it, it up. Is that it's it's a form of laziness, right? Because we often a lot of people get the same advice, such as you know you got to put content out there, you got to engage your audience. Okay, well, content means an article, a podcast, a video clip with some instructional material or a lecture. It doesn't mean taking a photo of an apple or, or a protein <laughs> shake. Come on, apple know, a day. No, a selfie like a day. What's the yeah. difference? <laughs> but, but, that, but that is easy to do, right? It's, so it's a form of laziness. It's, a, it's, it's for someone to say, well, I just put my content, content out for the day. It was my grocery list. You know? It's like that's not fucking content. Though, and there's no caption or anything that even goes with the picture. It's just apple. Let me ask you, do, have you guys have you guys seen this Reebok bacon? Uh-uh. Oh, you know what? I saw a picture of that on from one of those CrossFit people. I, I thought it was fake. I didn't know it was real bacon. I thought it was like plastic or something like that. You put on like a I, I, seriously, sincere, it looks gross. I thought it was fake. I thought I did, it looks plastic. <laughs> I thought it was like oh, a display. <laughs> no, Re- Reebok Reebok are selling bacon. Okay, here's the here's the thing, Ron. Selling Brandon, Brandon, here, hold on, here's what's here's the problem with that. You have a shoe company trying to sell you bacon. That means the food is probably gonna smell and taste like feet. Okay, so I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna pass I mean, on that. Literally it's just bacon or there's some kind of twist on it. I mean, what's I don't no, understand. It's bacon. It's bacon. It's just bacon. Wow. You you know why? I, somebody somebody may tell me that actually I've been duped and it's all bullshit, but I checked it out. It's on the Reebok website. Come on. Reebok are doing bacon. No, man. <laughs> I don't I don't want to buy food from a shoe company. I'm sorry, man. But yeah, I, just I, don't, I don't really understand how I that. Just, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just, trying to I'm trying to get the correlation here, yeah. and it's funny. It's not even coming up in. Oh my God! It says Reebok bacon is here. Are you fucking kidding me? Wow. <laughs> Re, Reebok launches bacon line to lure CrossFit and Paleo. There you go. Because that's oh. where I was going to go with this. So everybody's cashing in on Paleo and CrossFit. They're being whored to death. Everybody's finding opportunities. So that right there is just going to make it to a point where there's just no way that this is going to continue. So eventually, so eventually you can just you can go to the Reebok gym, do your CrossFit, and eat your Reebok meal. Yeah. You'll probably go home in your Reebok car and sit down and watch your Reebok TV. I mean, how are, how are they selling this bacon? You order it on their website? I mean, you know what? But I'm sure everybody would be doing what they do. They just order it online. Well, and first of all, I just told well, I just said it's connected. The, 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 the they're, targeting, they're targeting paleo and CrossFit. Well, guess what? This bacon yeah, I realized gonna, it's going to be sold probably in a CrossFit box, and that CrossFit okay. gym owner is probably going to be an affiliate of Reebok and make a cut of selling this box of bacon. You know, I mean, but why would anyone buy it when you can go to any grocery store and get that? Exactly. What makes their bacon so much better? And first of all, That's why would you buy understand. bacon out of a gym or anything like that? <laughs> well, why is that something that you think to buy too? That you just finished a workout and you know you look in the fridge like, oh, there's some bacon in here. Cool. Let me get a couple strips of that. God, man. I'm, but it's I'm not the, just any bacon. Oh, hold on. Right? Well, hold on. <laughs> yeah, because you know why? Your fan time gets better with every slice you eat. <laughs> I mean, a juice bar at a gym, that makes sense, right? You get a smoothie or something like that. That, that, that's, that's that, that's, that to me is synergy. That makes sense. And I can see why that worked. That's, that's an obvious way to extend a business model here's for an existing place. Now, here's the thing. Here's the selling point. Okay, smoke, uncured. Here's, here's the things. No nitrates, no nitrites. It's not preserved. No MSG, no sweeteners. It's just pork and salt. Well, guess what? Guess who also does that? Applegate Farms at a grocery store where you can buy it from. So I don't need a shoe company telling me this when I can go buy the same type of bacon. Yeah, why would you want to order this online and wait for it when you can go to any grocery grocery store store. and get it? Or better yet, why would I want to get it from Reebok if I could get it in a grocery store? It would be like a grocery store selling shoes. Can you imagine? Well, guess what? In Texas, that that does happen. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, the store is called Fiesta. 
Okay, which says a lot. It, they sell everything. You can get your work uniform. You can get your sneakers. They have all this in the grocery store, and that's, that's what. Right. Let me go get some apples. Well, hell, look at Walmart now. Now Walmart's selling groceries. So no, they, you're right. You know, so that's the thing. So everybody's trying to get all these places. I mean, you got gas stations well, they're, with they're Wendy's trying to in it. Everything to everyone, right? Exactly. Yeah, but everything, anything you can still buying, anything you could possibly conceive of buying, you buy it here. One stop shop, baby. One yeah, stop the shop. The difference is this is a sports brand selling bacon. It's Reebok <laughs> as a sports brand selling no, bacon. Like sincere said, they're trying to cater to the, their paleo audience, which is a large extent of their audience, or at least, or at least there's a contingency yeah, of their audience that, up, is, yeah. that is CrossFit. But, but what it tells you more than anything is that there are all these brand whores who will simply buy it because it's Reebok. Not because it's bacon, <laughs> but because it's Reebok. Well, there, you know? there are people that will sell anything too, just because. Yeah, like people, people. I've had people come to me going, "Wow, you know, your supplement line looks like it's really successful, and you're getting great feedback." You know, how do I get into that? I was like, "Well, <laughs> the fact that you've been asking me Mike, to get into it means, you it means that you shouldn't get into it because everything I do comes from a genuine place of passion. I use these things, yeah. I benefit from it, and then I decide, you know what? Since I got such great results with this, I bet my audience would be." interested in this that's yeah. where it comes from it doesn't come from oh now, here, shit, that makes money let me do that too but you know what i guarantee yeah. you that when this whole idea came across the sales boardroom at reebok it was probably some out of shape fat fuck who <laughs> sat there and thought like you know what we can make <laughs> money off bacon because everybody loves bacon <laughs> i'm like come on man we're a shoe company well, CrossFit yeah, but- has become such a machine now that oh, yes. companies target their whole business model around how to get into that distribution point exactly well, first yeah you've got all this you've got that audience now you've got them captured you don't have to sit there and do research study or anything like that when you're doing marketing it's like look Hey, we already have CrossFit partnered with us here at Reebok now, or we've got this. They like paleo. They like this. You know, they think every one of them like that. So also, let's cater to them. Yeah, let's make paleo bread. Let's make them, yeah, like, the which is, is like freaking glorified cardboard. Okay. Yeah, but Sorry. I, 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 it's, it's, it's most cynical point though. They're not going to give a shit how much bacon they sell. What they really care about is the fact that because they've done it, we're talking about it, and lots of other people yeah, are too. Yeah, it's publicity stunt. And it's exactly. Yeah, and it gets people to go look at their fucking website. I mean, the whole thing could have been strategized because it's going be to be a way for people to go look at the website and see what it's all about, and then you're going, ha, this is stupid. Oh, let me get some shoes while I'm here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and guess what? We're part of the machine because I just went on the fucking yeah. website, and I just sat there and looked it up. But guess what? I've done the work for you people. You don't have to go to their website now. It's stupid. It's shoes. It's you bacon. You go there <laughs> and buy anything. So you see that the goal no, I is just go-, <laughs> go there and buy something and yeah, that's gonna, that's what you're hoping it's, it's it's just a publicity stunt you know business companies do this kind of stuff all the time they do something switch, totally bizarre yeah they do something totally bizarre so you're going what then you have to go take a look and then they're hoping that you'll just stick around and buy something by default and in my opinion it's a very short run strategy because it's only we're going to come look but they're not going to do anything the majority of people aren't going to do anything no have you guys read damn um, fat salt and sugar uh, who's the it's author who's the author Randy? I can't remember. I'll, 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 I'll look it up and check it. But it's, it's a book about how the food industry basically creates creates food that we can't yeah, stop yeah. eating. That, that oh, concept's yeah. been displayed. Oh, yeah, exactly. The End of Overeating is another book that writes about the same thing. Yeah, same concept. Uh, there's a fantastic um, interview. I, I need to, I'm going to look it's it up. It's written by the same guy because the end of overeating, he talks about how processed food has the right ratio of fat, sugar, salt, and creamia and yeah. additives so that you're become very addicted to it. It's made purposely so that yeah, you're addicted. The, the, the author is um, Michael Moss. Okay, that's a different yeah. author, but same concept. The end uh, of overeating by David Gessler, I think is his name. Kessler. Kessler, yeah. Okay. That's a good book, too. I read that years ago, and it's awesome. I, I recommend that to everyone. Yeah, so we'll put that in the show notes, too, man. Let people 
take their minds off of TV and the news and read a book. These foods are all made to be addictive, but you don't have to buy them. (laughs) You know, it's what I always tell people. Why are you buying a bunch of processed crap anyway? Focus on real. It tastes good, Mike. It tastes good. Well, that's we know. (laughs) You say say that in a in a joking manner. Mm -hmm. Oh no, no, I'm saying that being I'm being sarcastic because I know that's what people say because I hear it all the time. No, you're saying facetious, but that's actually true because they believe that taste buds are so desensitized that. They, they need such a heightened sweet response that if they eat something such as an apple or raspberries or blueberries, it tastes like chalk to them. Well, to me, it tastes sweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it tastes really sweet. Exactly. But the, cra- the crazy thing is how many people do you – well, it's going to be different for you guys. But in general, um, if you ask how many people in this room put your hand up, cook, lots of people put their hands up. And then you ask how many people actually prepare food from raw ingredients. Right. And suddenly the hands go down. You realize that – first, first of all, the hands never came up when you said cook. Here in America, You're like <laughs> it's my, first of all, it'd be like two like, people. Microwave like, count? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I cook it in a microwave. It's like, come on, I warm yeah, exactly. it up. Exactly. I put bread in the toaster. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a whole bunch of people out there who basically think that that cooking involves removing the sleeve, piercing the film, right. and sticking it in for three minutes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that, that's that's a gourmet that's, meal. Well, that's such a negative <laughs> attitude about cooking, but I, I actually find it very relaxing and enjoyable. Oh, no, I, I feel I feel like I'm actually. I mean, I feel yeah. creative when I'm cooking. Or and, and that's the that's the very reason. Even when we talk about coffee, that's, that's the reason why I get so passionate. It's like there's something about actually going in and doing the type of things that we're talking about, like with the drip stands and all that, instead of just going somewhere and picking it up in a drive-through and getting it in a green cup. You know, where it's just mindlessly given to you. It's like that's why it's so hard to appreciate good coffee when. It seems like, well, first of all, you haven't really been a part of the process. And the same thing with cooking. You know, you can appreciate better food once you're a part of that process. When you're just the end product, the person that just buys it and consumes it, and hopefully you'll come back for more, you feel excluded. So, therefore, you have no appreciation for it. That's the thing about it. I just find it very relaxing. So successful at what they do, yeah. you know, is because they've 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 narrowed it down to those you know the essential qualities of salt, sugar, and fat, and get that balance right. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it, if it's a savory item. It doesn't matter if it's if it's uh, you know if it's a dessert. It really doesn't matter what it is. That balance of salt, sugar, but and you know, fat is really you know, what you know what's funny. For. You know what's funny. They're pretty much taking the the most basic parts of all those basic food groups that you need. So if you, as soon as you talk to someone about, you know, getting the right amount of protein, carbohydrates and fats in, you, they turn their minds off. When you start talking about those yeah. things, the, the, the key components of those three things, when you start talking about salt, sugar and fat, then, you know, you're still talking about the same thing. So I think as people in our industry, we got to make that correlation to make those things connect. And but the thing is, we spend so much time trying to mix in like the whole protein, carbohydrates and good fats and all this stuff is a separate thing from salt, sugar and fat itself. You know, when you sit there and you show that, guess what? They're they're not there's not a disconnect between these things. They're all still the same thing. There's only thing is like there's some that are optimal for you and there's some that's complete shit. that will wreck your body. That's the only difference between that right there. And so that's the thing. And And guess what? Those marketing guys, they were smart. They realized they can't sell protein, carbohydrates and good fats and all that. They can't. That's not sexy enough. So they, they, they target the salt, the sugar. You know, and then they associate all these things. They start playing with your emotions with that. Like when you think of something salty, hey, remember when you were a kid and used to go and you'd have popcorn or salted caramel? <laughs> and then, or remember ice cream? We start talking about sugar, you know, and the pastries that the mom used to make for you or the donuts she would give you or the cupcakes you would do doing a fundraiser to raise money for a good cause in high school. You know, then when you start talking about fast, it's just like, oh, man, just start talking about, you know, the peanuts at the circus and things like that. Yeah. So they start playing on your emotions with that. Whereas, And also, most- Sincere, like you said, it's like a way to bond with other people, right? Exactly. Like, oh, 
man, remember a Krispy Kreme donut oh, back man. this time? Oh, that was a remember Oreos when they used to do this? <laughs> oh man, I used to dunk mine all the time. Remember man. when Sherry? Remember when Sherry <laughs> Coke came out? You know? <laughs> so everybody like, gets nostalgic, you know. And yeah. What ends up happening? It becomes like it becomes when you start thinking about that crazy psycho ex. You you know she's <laughs> fucking crazy, but you start thinking, but you know what? Man, she could give a good handy J. <laughs> you know, you start, you start reminiscing about those good, those very few good things. It was a whole lot of bad things. We, and then next know thing, you know like what you do next? You text her, or you you go and look on Facebook and start searching for her. Like, I wonder what she's doing now. And then you go look her up, and then that's when the disaster starts, right there. And you connect, and then you realize, okay, now I realize why I ended up leaving her crazy ass. You know, <laughs> so you got over the whole uh, that couple of good things that you thought about and you remembered all the crazy and the bad things like ah so and that's what is happening tendency to that that's why we very few of us learn from experiences because <laughs> the way we even remember the experience is flawed remember the episode of different strokes and see i don't know if you saw this one years ago where where there was a break-in right at the apartment and yeah. then the cop came in and it, he asked each character individually what oh, yeah, happened everybody had a different had like totally different stories like right did. like uh like Arnold, Gary Coleman, yeah he thought he was Arnold. like the hero and saved everybody yeah, yeah, exactly it was hilarious man and at, the, at the end of the episode the cop's like you know what man there's no case here because <laughs> three totally different stories from three different people everyone thought they were the hero yeah, everyone exactly. thought everyone else our memories are not much different than that so we have a tendency to skew things so that we remember things more favorably like oh about five years ago i did this when the reality is totally different and that's why so few learn from experiences because what you remember is not even reality yeah it's just like nah, we, dude, that's we, not how we, it happened we, we we had crispy cram open here in edinburgh um about two years ago uh-huh. and that was the first first time we had we had crispy cream in, in in scotland and they ran a campaign beforehand which lasted about a month uh, where they were dropping free donuts around the city and you'd see people wondering about with these these Krispy Kreme boxes and well, I've and they been to your city, Rannick, and people there look like they've had one too many of those Krispy Kreme. <laughs> no, you know what? When, when you go to, you go to any strip club, in I, was, Rannick, I heard about your strip clubs, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that place called? Licorice or something like that? I mean, that place. Oh man, you went. You I didn't go there. You oh, went there with them. Um, I can't remember CJ the, and I can't remember who else. Oh, under the bus you go. Just, oh. <laughs> just throw them under the bus. <laughs> I went on my own, man, because you dropped me off in my hotel room at fucking like 9.30 p.m. I'm like, all right, let's go walk around the city. And then I was like, oh, I got to see what strip clubs are like in this fucking town. <laughs> and I, I, wish, I wish I didn't have that curiosity. <laughs> what I saw in there is burned in my memory, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> Welcome to Edinburgh. <laughs> let's, let's just say this. Certain shaving techniques that are very <laughs> – in America, have not made it there with bad. I'm just that close. Well, come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. They just got Krispy Kreme two years ago, so you know that is going to burn. That's another yeah, five years. You want to you want to come back now then and see what it's like? It's not made it to your town yet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, man. You know we can go on this. We have to bring Rannick back, so we we need a little. We need some this comic relief with some with some type of intelligence. We like that. So, <laughs> so my, it's, it's a rare thing these days in the fitness industry. Like, oh, you actually have a personality. You're funny, and you're actually knowledgeable actually about fit, you know fitness and life beyond fitness. I like that. So all yeah, man. It, all we have to do is get him to stop cutting you off, sincere, and we've we've got a real guest here. <laughs> Say, man. That, when I'm saying that, you know it. <laughs> Tomorrow, Rannicus interruptus is real, son. The struggle is real. <laughs> Ran- Rannicus interruptus is you'll be talking, he starts talking, and then usually you'll stop, right? Like, like if I like, like if I start talking and you're talking, I'll be like, okay, let me stop talking. <laughs> Rannicus just keeps going. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, I'm just gonna outrun this. I'm just gonna keep he's talking until like, he's like, <laughs> until I'm better yet. And I have an accent, so I'm gonna win every time. <laughs> Queen, to my common English speaking boy. I, I reckon. I reckon you guys are just muting me at the other end. I think. I think every time I speak, you're just cutting me out. That is possible. <laughs> <laughs> Do you control the editing of this show? Exactly. <laughs> oh shit! You're joking. Uh, it's I don't not know. live, buddy. We control the editing here, so we we could cut and paste as much as we want on this episode. We'll just never release the episode at all. <laughs> we can cut and paste Rennick, so he says. So it sounds like he says. Oh, you know, like, yes. You know, ice, I like to strap on. Like into my, ice. <laughs> strap on with Jonathan Lewis. Like what? What did he, what did he say? <laughs> hey man, Skype dropped out. Skype dropped out while he was discussing that. I don't know, man. <laughs> like me and Jerry like coffee enemas. <laughs> Uh, no, Rannick, so what's, what's yeah. going on with you, Rannick? Do you have any uh, projects coming up? You got any uh, product products or workshops or anything? Um, tell, you, tell you what's going on here at the moment. A couple of things. Um, one I mentioned earlier, Earth Strength, um, which yeah, cool. these, these, these are the retreats that we're running in the, in the south of Spain, um, where basically we take people for five days um, to the, the center that we've got there. And we we're basically we're releasing them back into the wild. We're giving them the skills that they need to to light a fire, to track, to find food. But we're combining that with with movement and wellness and health. Um, you know, all, all the food we source locally. Um, yeah, it's a it's a complete experience. So that I'm working on with with Neil Hill, who's the guy who who, who does the survival based stuff. Um, on the the other side here, we've got the the hundred rep challenge, which uh-huh. continues, and that's just a free resource there for people to to pick up and workouts, and you know, just just add some movement to the day. <laughs> Who's that? No, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Then um, at the end of August, thirtieth and thirty first, there's the first major Scottish fitness expo taking place, and hundred reps is a featured event there. Um, so we're going to be there um, running that over the weekend. Pete, my son, has come up with a new 100-rep challenge that we're doing. And we're going to have a couple of big rigs set up there for people to come and do um, bodyweight exercises. Um, your friend Jerry Higgins will be there. A host of other people. Sabina Scala is coming up. Oh, cool. Um, so that's that's going to be really exciting. Um, we'll, so we'll be tweeting, posting clips, and basically sharing that experience over the weekend. Perfect. Perfect, man. Awesome, man. What, what, what are the dates on that again? 30th and 31st of, of August. Oh, so okay. I, um, okay. I'll fire you an email and I'll send you through some information on that. The guys who set this up, a couple of young guys, is the first proper fitness expo in Scotland. And they've just done such a phenomenal job. Uh, really tremendous job. Um, lots of lots of companies and individuals there. A um, friend of mine, Dave Jenkins, who, who runs Sports Therapy Scotland, which specializes in, in rehab, will be there. Um, with Robert Whiteford, the, the first Scots guy to fight in the UFC. Um, so it's going to be fun. You know, it's an opportunity for people to come, try their hand at, at, at some of the bodyweight stuff that we do, um, you know, make some friends, bunch of prizes that people can uh, can win um, if they, they participate in the event over the weekend. Awesome, man. Sounds great. Sounds good, man. Well, thanks again for coming on, man. We'll de- we'd love to have you back. We'll definitely reach out to you to come back again. Yeah, it was fantastic. It just yeah, man, I love the show, and I was absolutely thrilled to be invited to come and, and gab. And I knew it would just run off in all kinds of weird tangents. So <laughs> uh, that, was, that was super cool, guys. Super cool. No, nah, it's the most fun for us when we have a guest like you, where we can just really let loose in and, and let the tangents come as they may. It always makes for and, a fun and, episode and, and abuse as much as you want. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> warn, I'm, I'm warning Jonathan Lewis. I'm telling him what, what's in store. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah, as long as long as he can actually go with this, so we're not just we're not just joking around with him. He's like, oh, that's that's good, guys. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, no, one, good one, since Jonathan, good one. Jonathan will be a lot of fun. Jonathan will be a lot of fun. No, he's a great guy. He's a really good guy. Very knowledgeable guy. Well, thanks again, uh, buddy. No talk, problem. Listen, we'll guys, soon. take care, and I'll catch up with you soon. Okay, take care, take care Rick. Appreciate Cheers, it. Cheers, bud. Bye. Take care. Bye. So check out Rannick's website at simplestrength.com. He has a lot of good information on there, blogs, videos, articles, all kinds of high-quality content. So definitely support what he's all about. And also support what we're all about. And you can do that by using coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, my T-shirts, videos. You know the drill. The best nutrition supplements, great quality products, get in shape. Get everything dialed in. Use coupon code LLA to get 10% off. How about you, man? Yeah, same thing. Go to newwarriortraining.com. Type in the same coupon code LLA. 10% off all my products over there as well. Ebook, videos, DVD, weight management 101 course, coffee drip stands, all that good stuff. Find something you like. Buy it. Use that coupon code. Get a discount. That's how it works. All right. Also, I just wanted to give a plug to a great organization that I've just recently started supporting again. It's called Save the Chimps, and it's savethechimps.com. And basically what they do is they create this incredible sanctuary. They basically have this island in Florida where they take all of these chimps that have gone through laboratory testing. They've been abused in labs, circuses, you know, just had horrendous backgrounds, and they help rehabilitate them and get them positive and enjoying life again. So they get to interact with each other. They have caretakers that give them high-quality food. They're well taken care of. Now, is it ideal? No. If it were ideal, they never would even be in this situation. But they're in this situation, and unfortunately, there's great people out they're providing an incredible environment for them so they're not just rotting away in a cell or in a lab somewhere. Right. So check out SaveTheChimps.com. It's dot also org. a great dot org. Yeah, dot org. Sorry, SaveTheChimps.org. It's also a great gift idea. You know, a lot of times you don't know what to buy someone, right? I mean, you just buy them junk. It ends up in their closet. I like to give – I like to donate to charities that I know that the recipient will really appreciate. Like my mom's a huge fan of elephants. So right. I send I, – I got her a membership to the Elephant Sanctuary. And then, uh, you know, she's she she loves that man. It's like a ni- it's a nice birthday gift, Christmas gift. So think of, start thinking about organizations you can support that will end up being great gifts for other people as well. Exactly. And at the same time, just like we mentioned on our last show, even when you purchase our products, even sharing the show, that's contributing as well. So, like I said, sometimes people are a little strapped for cash, and we get that. So again, help us out by spreading the word and letting people know about the show by giving us a review on iTunes as well as on Stitcher. Let them know what's going on with the show and give someone an opportunity where they can hear the show, hear about our great guests, see what they're doing, especially the Melia Kaplan's of the world, the James Ponds of the world, and see what they're doing out there. And then they can contribute. And guess what? You've also helped out as well. So you've, you've got this compassion currency, you know, that you, that you chipped in right there. So all those things count. All those things count. And we appreciate when, when you guys help out like that. Absolutely. Thanks again for supporting the show. Keep the reviews coming. Keep the support coming. Share the episodes with your friends and family. Yep. Also, I mean, a few people have asked, like, oh, man, I, you know, I'm a diehard fan. I loved it when you guys were putting out two episodes a week. I really missed that. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, we, we've got other things to do, man. You know, we, we, we put out as many episodes as we can, but two episodes per week was – it's not easy to do that. It takes yeah, a lot it takes of a lot of time, man. A yeah, it takes time. a lot of time. So, I mean, we, we may go back to that at some point, but for, for right now, once a week is, is what we're going to do. And plus, it gives you guys a chance to catch up. There are some of you who just started listening to the show, and we're about – we're almost 100 episodes deep. 
okay, right. in this past year. So there's some people still like, oh, wow, I didn't even know you guys had this guy on or this girl. Right. Or, you know, so, you know, we're giving people a chance to catch it. When you start pumping out two shows a week, man, not only does it really take a lot of time, it, it becomes daunting for you. You're like, whoa. Right. Oh, man, too much had, content. You know? Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. <laughs> so, therefore, right. we scaled it back and balanced things out because we actually want you guys. We don't want to just have guests on here just to have guests on here so we can say we have 100 episodes. We're bringing people on that we right. find very interesting and we think that you guys can really benefit from listening to their stories and whatever the activities they have going on. So we want to give you a chance to play catch up and, you know, and really take this all in and not feel like, oh, man, I'm so far behind. I'll never be able to catch up. I'll just start from, from episode 100. Like, no, man, there's 99 other good shows that, you know, you definitely want to go back and check out. So right. th- this is our way of helping out with that as well. So the fact is now you can go back and there may be some shows you missed. There may be some you want to hear again. So you can always download those. Yeah, I mean, and then there's definitely a contingency of people who have listened to every episode since yeah. day one. And they're going, man, I can't get enough of this. Right. And we appreciate that support. We're glad you enjoy it so yeah. much. But just realize that to, to keep that pace, two episodes per week. I mean, we have other things to do besides this podcast. So it's 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 we don't we don't want we don't want to, to lower the quality just to keep the volume going. Right. We'd rather go to one episode per week where we have more time to prepare an episode, get and the, the guests lined guests. up. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so quality versus quantity yeah, quality exactly. versus quantity folks you know that's that's what's important that's what's important so yeah there you go so that, that will do it yeah <laughs> all right we'll talk to we'll everyone next time take care <laughs>